Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello, welcome into another edition of the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is yet another MLS Loney coming to Phoenix, but this one has a little uh, significance in the fact that it's going to be a Valley native this time coming over from Real Salt Lake and Tate Schmidt. Tate is from the Valley, obviously. He went to Desert Vista High School, which is in Ahwatukee, and is actually not too far away from uh, Wild Horse Pass Stadium. So that little tidbit is cool to me in itself. Um, a little bit of background before I bring Tate on. Tate attended uh, Louisville University, which is where the 2018 USL Championship Final between Louisville City and Phoenix Rising was played because Louisville Stadium had not yet been built. Uh, but during that time, FC Tucson was still a PDL club and not becoming a USL League One club yet. And back then, Rick Schatz was not with Phoenix Rising. Rick Schatz was still with FC Tucson. And Tate actually went, came over here during the summer and played for a couple of years under Rick at FC Tucson. So there was already familiarity there. Now, another uh, familiarity or similarity, I should say, is the fact that Tate used to be an, a more attacking-minded player and that he used to play attacking wing. He used to play as an attacking midfielder. And as his career has gone on, um, especially now with his MLS side, Real Salt Lake, he is more of a left back or left center back, which goes to my theory or what I've been saying in that Rick loves his fullbacks being of uh, former attackers. We've already seen it with Darnell King. We've seen it with Ryan Flood. Those are two uh, perfect primary examples to the type of player I'm talking about. Um, as of right now, it's a little unclear as to what position or what exactly uh, positioning Tate is going to be playing in. And that just is because of his versatility and his ability to literally play every position that Rick Schatz could possibly want him to. Um, kind of like Jeremy Kelly. You know, we knew he was could be a defender. He could be a, a fullback, a wingback. We've seen him play as a number six. Uh, Rick has said he's been training as a number 10 before. So it, it's a little unclear exactly as to where uh, Tate Schmidt's going to be playing. But it, it is very cool to see that we have a, a second Valley native uh, playing for Phoenix Rising, um, potentially competing against each other at the same position. So we will see what happens there in terms of the, the tactical and the uh, roster competition aspect of it. But all that being said, let me bring on the man himself so we can get to know a little bit more about him and how he fits in Rick Schantz's system. Tate, welcome home, man. Uh, I'm Jake Anderson. I'm with 98.7 Arizona Sports Station, the radio station out here covering you guys. Um, cool to see that you're the uh, the second uh, Valley native to be on this roster. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, um, happy belated back. birthday, I should say. What are we about two weeks? Two weeks after? Yep, yep. A week and a half, two weeks. Just re- yeah, just about that. So, I mean, I'm seeing the backdrop of your bedroom right now. Is that your childhood bedroom that you grew up in? Is that mom and dad's house? I'm at mom and dad's house right now. What is that like? What is that feeling of you left in Salt Lake? But what's it like to come home and? The bedroom you're sleeping in isn't a, a hotel. It's not an apartment. It's where you yeah. where you grew up as a kid. Yeah, no, it's it's been a surreal experience. You know, 
you know, I found out very, very short, short term that I was coming back to uh, Phoenix when I talked to my agent and heard interest in Phoenix Rising. Um, it was funny because our MLS team, Real Salt Lake, was on international break, so I wasn't able to really say goodbye to most of the guys and coaching staff. So that was kind of tough. But I mean, I've been able to reach out to most of them and they've been giving me, you know, nice supporting messages of, of the journey and, you know, travel down, not staying at a hotel or anything where I'm right now waiting to get an apartment here down in, uh, in Chandler area. So I'm just waiting for all that transition stuff to go through, but it's been, it's been nice to be able to come home, you know, see the parents, see the family, spend time with them, just, you know, make myself at home, which, which I've always, you know, come back in the summer months to be able to just, you know, hang out and enjoy the Valley. So I think it's been nice so far just to be able to be back. Um, you know, uh, Gila River is only 11 minute drive from my house. So just that like transition to, to training every morning is pretty funny. Just driving by like, you know, the same street I'd always, you know, head down to go to training and, and practice down at the Grande at RSL. So it's just, I've, I've made myself right at home and it's, it's been actually a very easy and comfortable transition for me. I mean, that it almost sounds like a dream and that you couldn't have even written for yourself in terms of just proximity to where you grew up to then having a professional club that you're playing for. You picked, well, I guess you didn't pick the week, but this is going to be the first week and we see 110 plus, which I know you've dealt with in the past, but have you, have you acclimated yourself to uh, Salt Lake and, and the rest of the country or um, is this heat going to, going to get you like the, I mean, it's going to get me and I live here. No, so honestly, well, no, it's still taking me time to acclimate. Even in the first three days, I've gotten a lot of sun on my face, which my body just hasn't been used to. But like even living in Salt Lake City, I'm just I'm used to the sun. I love the sun. I'm always even laying out in the winter months when it's still 55, when the UVs are only three, but still trying to just get sun. So, you know, it's it's nice to be able to come back and and you know, get acclimated quick. You know, it is very, very hot, but um, my body's kind of used to it. And it's a dry heat, which is, I feel like, just something you just get used to living here. So, you know, you just got to stay stay on top of the fluids, hydrate well. And, you know, I think you just – I mean, even the coaching staff's done a really good job of only having us train, you know, in only like an hour uh, a training session instead of being out there for a longer period of time. So, you know, this club's on top of the little things like that. So that's been helping very much. Yeah, some of your teammates earlier in the week, maybe last week, were, you know, posting that they're seeing the 115 is a high one of the days, and they've never seen anything like that. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure the past three days have actually been pretty nice to us since it's only been like I, – I, I would agree. I would 100% yeah, agree. It's going to get hot here soon. So quick question about high school. Uh, what year did you graduate? And then did you play any high school soccer uh, for Desert Vista? I graduated in 15. Um, I played my freshman and my sophomore year at Desert Vista under Mike Roboska. Um Sophomore year, I think we, yeah, sophomore year, we made it to the state championship against Brophy. Um, and unfortunately lost that game. But yeah, the first two years I played for Desert Vista. And then after that is then when I then transitioned down to uh, Real Salt Lake's Academy down in Casa Grande. Perfect. Because that means that we went to high school for at the same time for two years. Did you ever play against Notre Dame prep? Yes. So I would not have been on the team, but that is very cool to know that uh-huh. you played against my high school 
when I was there yeah. and potentially could have been at the game. I don't recall, obviously. Um, yeah. Knocking? Yeah. He, so I, I played American uh, football, and, uh, yeah, Grayson was on the yeah. team, so I know Grayson and Katie. As I was good friends with – I think they're going to get married with Greg Hopkins, who is – they've been together forever. But So those are, uh, this is a real yeah. AZ uh, throwback here. I love, I love awesome. this. So what would you say the fact that we now have two Valley Natives on Phoenix Rising, what does that say about the state of football in the state of Arizona and the growth we've seen and, and the potential going forward? Uh, I think it's big time. Uh, it kind of just shows the, the quality of players that can come out of uh, Phoenix and there is an area as well as just the – I would say like the foundation of development they have for players here in Arizona, you know, the all around, um, you know, from January to December, just the ability for players to be able to play soccer in the warm climate. I think it really helps. And you can see how there's so many players, you know, me, um, Ryan Flood and got guys like Josh Jack, Brooks London. There's a list of guys, you know, that, you know, there is the path and, you know, it's, it's very different for a lot of different players, but I think, you know, the amount of players that the state of Arizona and especially Phoenix are developing, it's just a testament to what, you know, future players can achieve and, and dream of. All right. But now to, uh, to move on to your career, obviously take me kind of through what it's like as a teenager when, you know, you're, you're, you're transitioning to an academy and then you transition to college and then you transitioned to, you know, at the time it, it wasn't USL, but you went to FC Tucson where, you know, you eventually mm-hmm. met and played under Rick. So just like that transition of it, like. Yeah, just that, that, I guess that four or five year time period from when you went from uh-huh. RSL Academy to college to pro. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, the, the big thing going to the Casa Grande was the RSL Academy and just, you know kind of just the, the foundation of development they're, they're, they're having for players and, and seeing, you know, players go into their academy and then making it, jumping up to the first team level. So, you know, the training they even said was, you know, top notch. And then that was the biggest thing is being able to then get the top, top of the line training as well as competing in games that are high quality games on the weekends. So it was a big transition for me coming from just like high school soccer. Uh, the cat, the academy was next level for sure. Just, you know, helped my career so much to even get into the college ranks. So, like, I would say I, I was even considering, you know, top D1 schools before going to uh, the RSL Academy. But then going to Casa Grande for two years, um, doing well, uh, went to a showcase in Sarasota, Florida. And then that's how I then got looked at by the University of Louisville. Went on, like, a loan – or not a loan, a official visit there – and knew some of the teammates that were there already from RSL Academy. So that's how I kind of had like a good relationship. Some of the guys to see the school, understand, you know, how everything was going there. Um, made the jump to college soccer, what was a, which was a very different jump for me from the style of play um, at RSL's Academy. I feel like they're very, you know, possession oriented. Um, you know, we want to play football. We want to keep possession and this and that. But then when you go to college soccer, you know, the, the, a lot of times, you know, coaches want to say they want to play, but in the whole scheme of college soccer, you're playing, you know, your whole entire season in a four-month span. So it's just very hard recovery-wise for players and, and coaches to, you know, try to implement the strategies and philosophies that they want of, like, let's say, good football 
So, you know, it kind of allows uh, then the college soccer uh, level to be a lot more direct, a lot more interchange with subs, um, you know, kind of set piece oriented, um, depending on the teams. So that kind of gave me a, a different view of the game. Um, it was a good four years. I really enjoyed the University of Louisville as well as just be able to uh, study and get my degree. Um, the tough part was then, you know, the spring seasons not being able to play, you know, with the ball because NCAA has a bunch of different regulations on the amount of time that you can spend with the ball or spend with the coaches. So, you know, a lot of times in those spring season, it was just running with the conditioning coaches, getting fit, uh, lifting with the exercise and performance staff to just get stronger. And I think it was not exactly what I wanted, but I think long term it actually helped me because it kind of just gave me time uh, away from the game, kind of let me just enjoy college as well as, you know, keep growing my body uh, to, to what I wanted it to be. Um, and then during the summer months, then you had the opportunity to come back home to whatever market you lived in if there was, you know, a PDL team. And so fortunate enough, FC Tucson was only hour 30, 35 hour 45 minutes away so i was able to come back during the summer months and then still be able to compete at a high level against other pdl teams as well as you know college players that are playing for their pdl teams so i think that really helps just to help players continue to get games um continue training at a high level under good coaches in a great environment uh, as well as exactly what we were talking about earlier like in the summer you know we're getting used to playing 90 minute games and 110 degree heat um, so like just the, that aspect alone is just big time for, for guys to get used to in the summer months. But, um, I think that then kind of helps players, you know, prepare themselves and like get in a nice rhythm, uh, going into their college season. So then when you're going into your college season, you kind of already have a front foot over a lot of players that are not doing that much, except for just running and stuff on their own during the summer months. So I think FC Tucson was a, a crucial part of my development of, you know, preparing for those college uh, seasons. And then after doing well in college, uh, Real Salt Lake was, you know, following me year by year if I was doing. Um, there were some opportunities for me to go to other teams, but then because of the, uh, like the rights of playing through the academy, they own my rights. So there was really only one option for me to then go to RSL. And then, yeah, then after that, then the jump to, yeah, the first team level, which was really exciting because I knew I had a, a bunch of other players that had already, you know, made that jump to the first team level that were being very successful. Guys like, you know, Brooks Lennon from Arizona, Justin Glad, uh, Aaron Herrera, Andrew Brody, who was from Louisville. Um, you know, a bunch of those players that were, you know, already making their name heard in the MLS. So I think that, you know, kind of made it kind of easy for me to then like come into a new you know, team at the MLS level, but then like have faces to know, to be able to just, you know, feel comfortable like in that environment. So I think that the whole pipeline of the, the RSL transition really helped me just of knowing players, knowing coaches, you know, Freddie Juarez, who's that coach right now, you know, coaching me in the academy. So just, they already have like, you know, names and faces make it a lot more easy for your adjustment to then that level. Um did decent in the first couple of months. And then they thought they felt that you can get more experience playing than the US level, USL level. So then that's when I got the opportunity to play for the USL team, the rest of uh, that season. And then that whole transition of then playing a new position for me, because I was, I was a winger forward 
And then the rest of the year I was playing left wing back, which is a completely new position that I've never played before. And that was like my first stepping stone to then adjusting to playing outside back. So that whole experience of playing with the Monarchs was, was huge in my development of learning that flank, you know, type style and playing the three, five, two, which we played under Hamas Malave. So all that was just, you know, crucial for my development and then being able to then play uh, playoff games in high competitive atmosphere. You know, I got to play against Phoenix rising, you know, and under 8,000 fans, you know, something you just can't get if you're just not getting minutes. So, you know, all those little things just helped me as a player develop and, you know, got me to where I'm now. So speaking of that familiarity, obviously you knew Rick Schantz already, so two-parter here, how much has that helped you along with, you know, you said guys that you do like John Baccaro, how much has that helped you just in your first few days of training, but also in, in, in the best way possible, is, is Rick still the same guy he was all those years ago or has he changed at all? Um, I think he's still the same guy he was back then. Obviously, I feel like he has a lot more experience now, it being, you know, four or five years of him coaching at the USL level, you know, getting to coach guys like Didier Drogba, you know, stellar you know very good players so I think you know his managerial skills have gotten a lot better feels like he's just so much more confident and like let's say just like excited like happy not so much focused just like he enjoys it and I think just that kind of makes like a an easy like acceptance of players of like knowing exactly what he's saying and like seeing the excitement that he brings to make it like hey it's isn't so complicated this is just soccer so like let's let's play the game we love and, and make it easy and I feel like he really does a good job of of giving us what we need to hear going into a game and then you know just buying into making it you know simple so now that you are here in Phoenix how excited are you to get to play in front of your hometown crowd obviously you used to play in Tucson but you know this is a little bit different I think in that you're right down the street from where you went to high school. You know, when I was in the talk with uh, possibly getting loaned out to some USL teams to get some games and, you know, finish out the season, you know, my first, my first hope was uh, Phoenix. Um, I was in talk with some other teams. Um, Things fell through with, you know, another USL team for me not to go there. And then I had my agent reach out to uh, Phoenix rising. And then after hearing that they're interested, I was ecstatic, uh, very excited, you know, to be able to play in the hometown that I grew up, um, you know, under Rick Shantz, who I, you know, played, or sorry, played under uh, in the FC Tucson, my PDL days, as well as playing alongside guys like John Baccaro, who I've, you know, grown up competing against in the in the college ranks, as well as playing with in PDL, you know, just, just hearing all those aspects, I felt like this would be the best fit. So, you know, with all of those coming together and hearing the interest I was just, you know, really excited. So how important is it to you to already have some familiarity with your manager and with some of your teammates that you have now? Uh, Very, very big, Um, especially just having trust in a coach and, you know, the coach knowing you and having trust in you, I think is very crucial coming into a new team. Kind of just, you know, gives you the confidence, you know, keep doing what you're doing as well as to, you know, buy into the philosophies that they're, you know, preaching to the players as well as, you know, strategies going into games. You, you kind of just know from a coaching aspect and, like, you know, 
as a player, just, you know, how he relates to players and how you can understand, you know, the philosophies going into a game or a match or whatnot. And so I think just that relationship and trust helps crucially to a player coming in as, to a new team. So I think the million dollar question in everyone's mind is what position are you going to play? Because looking historically where you have played, you've been a little bit more of an attacker or a winger. And over the last couple of years, especially with RSL, it seems that you have been playing more defensively as a left back and a left center back. So I'll ask you, uh, what position is your best position in your own opinion? Uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. Um, grew up playing uh, forward and attacking mid, and then the call drinks. I was attacking mid, outside mid. PDL was playing hold eye mid. Uh, this previous uh, previous two years, I was playing outside back and left wing back, and then now in the past three months, I've been transitioning to left center back. So you know, it's still tough for me to say right now what my best position is. But I think all around, you know, being able to see the field from a different aspect, different view, you know, it just builds the relationships that you have of understanding the players and, you know, positions next to you of, of what their job is and what their role is and being able to communicate the best help them, which helping them then helps you. So I think just all around, you know, this is just the part of my career where I just continue to develop of learning these positions and, you know, just understanding the different roles and the different styles of plays with different teams. And I think all around, it's just continued to develop me into the player that I want to become. And, you know, in the future, it's really up to the coach to then put me in the in the position and role that he thinks best suits the team. You know, the past uh, three months, I've been playing the left center back role um, at Real Salt Lake. Uh, I have three roommates that I live with that are right now the back line of RSL, uh, Andrew Brody, Justin Glad, and Aaron Herrera. So they're, you know, just having that relationship and, and communicating with them and learning the position is, has made it very easy for me. Um, so I think, you know, going in, I'm very confident right now in my ability as well, just understanding. Uh, I think Rick Shans and the coaching staff has already done a great job in the first two days of just kind of, you know, providing me the insight of, you know, what their philosophy and what their ideas when they're trying to play. So it kind of makes it very simple. And, and I think it kind of best suits, you know, the type of player that I am right now. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Let's just put it at that. For you personally, I mean, how quickly do you expect to get minutes or what's a goal you've set for yourself in terms of when do you want to see yourself uh, start to actually play? Um, as soon as possible for me personally, you know, that's just my objective in training. You know, I want to put out there that I feel that I'm in the best shape and, and best form right now that I should be starting. Um, but, you know, there's there's still that transition period of, you know, the guys around me to get used to how I play, you know, the coaches to know that I understand the philosophy and and style of play that we want to, you know, bring in game in, game out. So there's, there's still a whole timing aspect. Um, like I said, you know, I want to be starting this upcoming Saturday. If it's maybe getting minutes off the bench and, and seeing where that goes, it's that's the, the, the tough part. You know, you come into the, you know, team like Rising, you got, you know, quality players at, you know, all positions. And that's, you know, one of the things I was talking to Rick about. He's like, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle for, you know, playing time and, and spots because, you know, the guys that are previously already there in those spots have been, you know, been stellar and doing well. So, think it's just going to you know raise the level of everyone um you know obviously you know what the coach wants you know prior three days to the game and who he sees is doing the best is going to get the spot but I think it just then creates 
you know, that competitive atmosphere that guys need to be, you know, showing it in training to make sure they earn their spot. And it's just going to, you know, I think just push the quality and environment of the team as a whole. And that will help us long-term going into, you know, playoff time. So you don't have to answer this if, if you don't want to, but it kind of take us on the, the inside of it between, you know, RSL and, and Phoenix rising, obviously, you have the ability to play anywhere on the field, but it looks like RSL wants uh, or is at least transitioning you to become more of a defender. I mean, is that going to be something where, you know, they're going to want Phoenix to play you more as a defender, maybe a wing back, or is that not actually a conversation that happens? Uh, it's, because- it's, it's more that, you know, Rick's going to put me where he best, you know, thinks I can help the team. And that's always been clear. It's, it's not a, you know, Tate's been playing this position. We want him to go and play this position to get minutes. It's more, you know, Tate can play the left back role. He, in the past three months, has been used at the left center back role. So that's where he feels more, most confident and comfortable right now from the training that he's been having. So I think it's then, you know, up to Rick really where he, you know, thinks I best suit the team. And so it could alter week in, week out. But as of now, he knows that the left center back role is what I've been training at and feel confident in. But he knows I still have the ability to play outside back, outside mid, or wherever he wants me. And are you left or right footed? Or would you consider yep. yourself both? Uh, left footed, but I consider myself both. Okay. Just just asking for the left center back spot purely mm-hmm. because I know James Musa is left footed. Yep. Yep. So just wanted to get clarification on that. Yep. Um and obviously coming to Phoenix on loan is a little bit different than being a signed player under contract. So what are your personal goals um, while you're here on loan uh, to Phoenix from uh, RSL? We'll see with time, you know, they, they, the, the RSL sent me down for, you know, the rest of the season, but there's still the ability for them to call me back at any time if need be. So I think the long-term goal, obviously, is, you know, compete for the uh, supporter shield of, you know, the most amount of wins in the regular season. And then I think that's just the first objective because, you know, is when we get then timed for playoffs, you know, it's just a whole new mentality, a whole new, whole new season of its own. So obviously we want that end goal of winning a, you know, USL championship here. But I think, you know, we have to look at it as, you know, getting just one game at a time and continue to just, you know, I feel like win games at home, which we're going to, and as well as push and make sure we're competing on the road. And so I think just then that, you know, regular season dream and and aspirations of, you know, winning the the regular season at the West. Last question, and it's going to be completely unrelated to Phoenix. Are you someone who's going to be watching the Euros at all that start tomorrow? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. 100%. Okay, so – Actually, I should have said this when Owen was still on with us because Owen is Welsh. I am Italian. We actually had tickets to go to the Italy-Wales game, um, but that was supposed to be last year, right, 2020. So oh, 2021, yeah. things got things got kind of ruined, but it, it's okay. The game's still happening. Who uh-huh. Who is going to be one player you're looking forward to watching on the tournament? And then on the spot, who's your prediction to win? Um, the one player I'm going to be looking to watch is Jack Grealish. Um, Ooh, that's a different one. Okay. Austin Villa captain and number 10, who's getting his chance with England. Is that your club? It's not my club, but it's a, it's a team I like to follow, but I've been, I've been very interested in his development through Villa and helping them, you know, get to where they are right now. 
Um, but I think he's a, a talented player, and I'm very excited to see him get his, like, you know, first run of playing with England. So I think he's the player I'm going to be watching this tournament. All right, and then who's your winner? Um, it's a tough one. <laughs> I, yeah. like, there's like seven, eight, nine teams I could win, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think Belgium's very good right now, so I could see them winning it. Um, but then it's like hard because it's like you, you, if you're putting money on it, you'd want to just pick France. Mm-hmm. Teams like uh, Spain, you know, England, uh, Germany. I would say the one team I would pick though for this would be would be France. I would pick France. To me, I I think France has even like they are the favorite. But I think when you look back and you see eight of the World Cup champs, but when you look back at 2016. You have Nugolo Kante didn't play in the final. Mm-hmm. And Kareem Benzema wasn't even on the team. Yeah. And neither was Mbappe. So this this is like a new France team from the last Euros, and that's that's terrifying. Um, yeah. Last question before I let you go. So who is your club then? I don't have one. Um, I don't have one. There's not one team that I like say that I like, you know, live by. I like watching, you know, all the different leagues. I like watching all the different style of plays of teams. Um, the one team I will say that is like, you know, the team that I'm always trying to watch and see would be uh, Barcelona, just from the style of play. But I'm kind of a little frustrated with them in the past <laughs> year and a half. But that's just the, the one league that I've, I've, I've watched probably the most uh, growing up. But right now, I'd say even like Chelsea, I've been watching a lot more of. So it just depends. But I don't have one team. Gotcha. Well, just just because you brought up Barca in the last couple yeah. of years, I'm going to bring up that I'm a Roma fan, and Roma had <laughs> Roma had the three nil comeback against them, but yeah. they've been absolutely horrid since. So, yeah. all right, Tate, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, man. Uh, welcome yeah. home, welcome to Phoenix. It was great meeting you, and I will uh, I'll see you on Saturday night. Awesome, appreciate it, Jake. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. See you. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising Podcast. Phoenix Rising's next match is on Saturday at Wild Horse Pass in Chandler against Tacoma Defiance at 7.30 p.m. You can catch all the action for that match on ArizonaSports.com and also the Arizona Sports app, which is available on iOS and Android. And to be sure to catch all breaking news and all things Phoenix Rising all season long, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JWA1994. Until next time, Jimmy Diamo, Alopo, ciao.